0: All right, let's just pray and then we'll open the word together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here today. (sighs) Thank you that we can just come boldly into your presence. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the Lord of your church and thank you that you're building it. Thank you, Lord, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for what you're doing in every heart in this room. And I just pray that you continue that work to completion, Father. And today we just open our hearts to hear from you. We want to hear your voice, God. We want to hear what you've got to say. We pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would rest upon all of us, that we might grow up into salvation, that we might grow up into Christ have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, all the saints said. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So last week we um, talked about three questions that the Lord is asking of us right now. Um, He is asking, what are you watching, what are you thinking, and what are you doing? And so I pray that all of you went home and had a conversation with with the Lord and processed with him a little bit. And if you didn't hear that message, I would encourage you to have a listen um, because I think it will encourage you to go and seek the Lord and ask him some questions. And I feel like he'll have some answers for you. So, praise God. Today, our key text is Hebrews 12, to three. This is a, this is a um, well-known um, portion of scripture. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, Good scripture, hey? Last week we talked about the importance of what we watch on what has our attention. And we know that whatever you focus on will increase in your life, right? And you will head the direction of where your gaze is, of where your focus is. And you'll hear the line in Christian circles, and I've said it myself, like just that line from that scripture thrown around, fix your eyes on Jesus. You've just got to fix your eyes. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And I know in my life, if I've, we all go through things in our lives, yeah? We all go through really hard things sometimes um, because we're in the world and tough things happen. Um, but I know for me, I've, you know, there are times when I've been in a really tough spot and and a well-meaning Christian has come up to me and they're just like, well, you just need to fix your eyes on Jesus, girl. You'll be fine. Has anyone ever had that? They pat you on the back, just fix your eyes on Jesus. And, and in my head, I'm like, well, that's not very helpful. <laughs> um, and I just don't want this to become a catchphrase that we fling around but we don't actually know how to do that does that make sense we want to know what does it look like to fix my eyes on jesus and how do i help someone else when they're going through something rather than offering them uh just fix your eyes on jesus brother you'll be right how do i offer them something a little bit more than that does that make sense so that's where we want to go today um because let me just make sure because we need to be people that actually do this yeah do you know that average person only does 40% of what they know that is rubbish Sarah (laughs) no it's not a rubbish statistic have a think about you and all the things that you know how much do you actually do oh it hurts hey it's like a knife We're so conditioned by culture to consume content that very rarely do we actually take the time to meditate and chew on and apply what we're learning. So over the next few weeks, we're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to lift up Jesus and we're going to learn what it looks like to focus on him. Because when when you learn how to do that, you can go through anything and be okay. Does that make sense? Yeah it's a good place to be when you can fix your eyes on Jesus just like Jesus did he's going to the cross he's about to be crucified and tortured more than any man has ever experienced and he just fixed his eyes on Jesus (laughs) he fixed his eyes on the father he fixed his eyes actually on you on having relationship with you so we need to do that you need to fix your eyes on Jesus as Christians We need to be obsessed with Jesus, possessed by the Holy Spirit and saturated with the love of the Father. That's a good word, hey? As believers, we need to be obsessed with Jesus. We need to understand who he is and what he's done. And Jesus needs to increase. Jesus needs to get bigger in our hearts and in our minds and in every part of our lives. John twelve thirty two. Jesus said, um, "Let me quote it." He said, "And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself." And as we learn as Christians to exalt Jesus, no matter what's going on, it makes people. It draws people to Him because they look at your life and they're like, "I can't. I don't understand." why they've got peace. I don't understand why they've got joy. I don't understand why they're okay. All right. So I'm just going to give you three practical ways that you can fix your eyes on Jesus. Three things that might help you. The first thing that we all need to realise is that Jesus reveals the Father. Jesus reveals the Father. Hebrews 1, to 1-5 says long ago in many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in the last days he's spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he also created the world. Before Jesus people didn't have access to a relationship with God. We can't even fathom that. they couldn't hear God's voice. They couldn't feel God's presence. They had to go to a priest if they wanted to know what God was saying. If they sinned, they had to go to a priest and say, I've just told a lie, priest Tom. Here's my dove. Can you kill it for me and say sorry to God? (sighs) Far out. Imagine that. Imagine not having peace in your heart. Imagine not knowing that the God of the universe like, loves you and lives inside of you. Like I can't imagine it now that I have him inside of me. But that's what it was like. And then he would also raise up prophets and they would speak the word of the Lord, but they couldn't hear it for themselves. They were just hearing someone else saying, this is what the Lord's saying but Hebrews 1 verse 2 is telling us in these last days he's spoken to us by his son Jesus God has spoken through Jesus so when you read about the life of Jesus you need to remind yourself this is God speaking to me the life of Jesus reveals the father and in fact, Jesus is the truth about God. If you've been around here any amount of time, you've heard that. Jesus is the truth about God. Verse 3 of Hebrews 1 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. If you want to know who God is, we can. Jesus is the exact imprint of his nature. Colossians 1.15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. What does God look like? You look at Jesus. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God looks like, you look at the Son. You look at Jesus. John 1.18, no one has ever seen God, the only God who was at the Father's side. He, in brackets, Jesus, has made him known. These are good scriptures. The NIV puts it like this No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. One more. John fourteen nine. This is where Philip was being like, he was saying to Jesus, Jesus, can you show us the Father? And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Isn't that a brain explosion moment? Jesus is like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when you've seen Jesus, then you've seen the Father. Seeing Jesus shows us everything we need to know about the Father. And if it doesn't look like Jesus, then you don't call it the Father. It's a good little rule to have in your head. If it doesn't look like Jesus, don't call it the Father. Jesus didn't go about making people sick, did he? Did he make people sick to touch? Uh, did he make people sick to teach them a lesson? No, he went about doing good and healing all who came to him. While Jesus was ministering, what did he do? He cast out demons, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he provided for the people, he calmed storms, and in every situation, Jesus manifested himself as the solution to the problem. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is always the a- answer. So the application of this is we need to settle in a heart. Jesus is the truth about God. Jesus shows us the will and the nature of God. And looking at the life of Jesus can show you the will of God and faith begins where the will of God is known. So when you know the will of God, that's when faith can can be birthed in your heart, so you can actually grab hold of it. The second thing, Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the truth about God was number one. Jesus reveals the Father. The second one, Jesus is the Word. John 1, 1 to 5, in the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. P.S. Just meditate on these verses this week. Read them over and over and over and, and just let them like, let Jesus get bigger by reading them. All things were made through him, and without him, not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's talking about Jesus. We're going to skip down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Isn't that wonderful? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. Isn't that amazing? So every time you open your Bible, you can encounter who? Jesus. Jesus. Every single time. And every week I stand up here and I say, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Why is that? Because every time I open my Bible, Jesus gets bigger. Because the whole thing points to Jesus. It's either pointing to Jesus or it's revealing Jesus. The whole thing. And so every time I read it, Jesus gets bigger in my world. And it helps me fix my eyes on what's true. It helps me fix my eyes on him. I want to share um, a little testimony. I remember I wasn't long born again, so the Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. and he spoke to me. I was being a disobedient daughter and he spoke to me and the he was in my bedroom and the fear of the Lord came upon me and I repented and I was born again in my room. Um, and it was like a few months later, I I only knew what I grew up as a child learning at kids' church. I didn't have much other understanding. Um, I just knew that I needed God. I knew that God was real because he had spoken to me in my room and woken me up and told me that I needed him. um, And I knew that I needed him. That was about the extent of my revelation. And one day I was reading, it was a Christian book, and it had a scripture in it. So the scripture was in a part of the book. And so I was reading scripture in a book. And it was this scripture, I'm going to read it to you. It was John 8, 12 to 11. This might be a story that you're familiar with. Early in the morning, he came to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, he said to them, Teacher! This woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? This was said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? No one has condemned you. She said, No one, my Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go now and sin no more. Such a powerful scripture, isn't it? I was reading this scripture in a book. And as I started reading the scripture, I, I didn't have any understanding. But I just closed my eyes. I believe this was the Holy Spirit in me, um, teaching me what to do, really. I closed my eyes for a minute and I imagined being part of the crowd in, of that scene. So I imagined standing there on that day and the woman being dragged in, her, you know, bedsheet around her, and I imagined being part of the crowd. And I kid you not, within seconds, I don't really have language for what happened, but within seconds, it was like I was translated like there. It was like I was physically there and I could hear noises and smell smells And I could hear the crowd like um, yelling about this woman, and then I looked down and I saw that I was the woman. And so I had, I'm like trying to cover myself up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm in this story, and they want to stone me. I'm in big trouble here. Um, And man felt everything that woman would have felt. I could hear, I could see the devil running around and whispering in the ears of the crowd all of the things I had done wrong. I wasn't an adulterer, but man, I'd, I'd partnered with sin in my life. I'd, I'd lived a selfish life and I felt guilt and shame and condemnation. And so I felt like I deserved to be standing there, even though maybe the sin of adultery wasn't belonging to me, there were many other sins that belonged to me. And I was standing there, hearing all these accusations, seeing the devil shaking, shaking. Um, And Jesus is there, and he doesn't look at me. Instead, he's bending down and riding in in the dust. He doesn't add his gaze to me. And then I hear him turn to the crowd and just say, whoever's without sin, you throw the first stone. And I saw them peeling away and then he stood up And he looked me straight in the eyes and he said, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And by now I'm bawling, bawling in the natural, back in my bedroom, presence of God filled my room. And I was like, no, no. And he said, neither do I. And in that moment, Every amount of guilt, shame, condemnation, fear—it all left. He—he he, like I had an encounter with Jesus, and He washed me clean, and I've never ever struggled with any of that ever again. He took it all away. And up until that point, I had demonic, demonic. I had reoccurring dream not even a dream I would wake up in the middle of the night and it'd be like spiders coming down on my face demonic it's demonic very demonic we'll call it what it is it was demonic I don't know why but I had that encounter with Jesus never have never had that again isn't that awesome ah Did I know that that was available no all I did was close my eyes and imagine being part of the story and the Lord did what he does. I had an encounter with Jesus and it's, it's changed my life. It was the very first like, tangible encounter that I had through the word of God. And I just want to encourage you that that's available for everyone. We just need to read the word. We don't read it to check off check off the tick box. We read it to encounter a living God. Amen? Expect that you're going to meet him every time you open the word. Expect that you're going to hear his voice. Expect that he's going to bring transformation to your heart and life. Expect that he's going to set you free from any demonic force that might be coming against you. Expect that you'll get set free from guilt and shame and condemnation because the truth sets you free. You will know the truth and it will set you free. Amen? Praise God. The third one. Oh, P.S. John 17 verse 3 um, says that this is eternal life, that you might know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. This is eternal life, that you might know God, that is, have an experiential relationship with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus came. It's not so that we can have a head full of knowledge. It's so that we can have relationship with the living God. That's what's available to us. Our third one is, Jesus gave us a gift. And it's called communion. This little, this little thing here. Matthew 26 26 to 29. It says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for uh, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus gave us the gift of communion because he knew we would need a constant reset. We need a constant reset because we're in the world and we're bombarded every day with a culture that's not godly, with information, with With everything that's not him. And so when we stop and take communion, it resets us and it fixes our eyes back on Jesus. About seven years ago, the Lord asked me to take communion every day. Every single day. It was just a whisper in the morning. I said, Naomi, I want you to take communion every single day. And so every day I would get my little grape juice and my bread in my bedroom and I would close my door and I would take communion. And at the beginning, this went on for months and months, in the beginning it was like a two-minute thing. I would break the bread, thank you, Jesus, that your body was broken for me. Thank you for the, for the blood. Um, Thank you that you've washed my sins away. Thank you that um, by your stripes I'm healed. That was pretty much the extent of it at the beginning. But the longer this went on for, the more the Holy Spirit started to show me the power of what Jesus did. The more revelation I received about the sacrifice of Jesus and the power of his blood. I had lots of encounters with the presence of God, lots of um, like visions and encounters, um, just about the crucifixion of Jesus. And man, I tell you, it's it's marked me for life. I can't I can't unsee what I've seen in the spirit, um, what the Lord did in my heart in the, in those times. Like, you can't undo that. And I recommend that everyone needs to, needs to use this tool to connect with the Father and fix your eyes on Jesus and get a revelation of what, it, of, of what it is, what he did. And I could go into all of that, but I don't want to because I want you to have your own revelation with him. Does that make sense? I want you to encounter him just like I have. In, in the way that he wants to talk to you, because we're all different. So what will blow my mind, he'll probably do it a completely different way way for you, because we're wired differently, and he knows you intimately, and he knows what you need to know right now. So there's power when you do this. There's a reason why we do it together every time we're together. Um, but there's also, you can do it alone as well. Um, this Thursday, a couple of us just gathered there was like some things that we really needed to pray about. There was like some hectic things and we just needed to we needed to pray. <laughs> That's the best thing to do when there's hectic things going on, you need to deal with some spiritual stuff. we need to get on our knees and we need to pray. And so there's only three of us, Mama Sharon was there and the first thing she said was, Let's just take communion together. And very, very wise woman right there. Yeah, wisdom. And so we did, and we spent, I don't know, 15 minutes just fixing our eyes on Jesus, um, remembering the power of his body broken and his blood shed. And my goodness, by the end of that, we were praying not from a problem, but we were praying from a place of victory and faith because we had just spent 15 minutes fixing our eyes on Jesus we spent spend 15 minutes reminding ourselves of what he's done and the authority that he has and the dominion that he has because he purchased it with his own body, with his blood and then we were able to like just get in there and we were like ninjas, we are just chopping up those evil plans chop, chop, chop very next day, breakthrough significant breakthrough Praise God. This is powerful. So powerful. And the other thing that this does, when you're focused on Jesus, when you're focused on the sacrifice of Jesus and you're thanking him for that, and you're thinking him as risen again, um, it, it means that the last thing on your mind is partnering with sin the last thing on your mind is being lazy or complacent because, man, as you do that, you just get filled with the fire and the passion of God. Right? So it just shakes out any complacency, any laziness. It shakes out any confusion that you might have going on. It, it gets rid of any whispering um, demons or, or any lies that are coming, any fiery darts that are coming from the enemy. It gets rid of all that. So powerful, this little thing right here. So we need to be obsessed with Jesus, possessed by the Holy Spirit and saturated in the love of God. And I just want to encourage you, let Jesus get bigger. Let him get bigger in your life because he is the answer And we need to learn to just fix our eyes on him. Do those things. Realise that he reveals the Father. He reveals the will of the Father. We need to remember that he's the word. And then we can encounter him every day as we read the word. And then we need to take this communion and remember him so we're going to do that together now we're just going to have a time where we focus on him where we take communion and then at the end we're going to um, just open up the altar and if anyone needs prayer if you need prayer for any reason um, I would love to pray for you Sharon's up the front here she can pray for you if anyone is just like man I need Jesus to get bigger in my life and I want prayer for that. I, I want the Lord to help me fix my eyes on Jesus. I want you to come forward. Um, there's no shame in coming forward for prayer. In fact, that's the very thing that's probably going to help you. And we want you to encounter Jesus today. We want you to go home after today and have your eyes fixed firmly on him and encounter him every day in your home. Because that's what Jesus paid for. Amen?